Oh, hey there. Want to achieve immaculate dopeness in your career? Well, just having the skills alone is probably not going to cut it. You got to have a strong personal brand as well. Having a personal brand is how you're able to put your stuff out in front of people who care and build value for everyone in your communities. If personal branding is on your mind and you have not yet checked out the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass, the F is wrong with you. <laughs> for, for real though, go to www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. That's where we've got all the information about our signature 10-week personal brand boot camp called the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. You'll learn to craft your voice, build a tribe, and get recognized for the things you are passionate about. Again, that's www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Head over there and apply for a seat in our program. On now with the show. Accountability is a word, though. Accountability is a word. Like, I think that having an accountability buddy. Friends <laughs> <laughs> are so hard to find. We're always stopping and on, stopping and on, stopping and on, stopping and on. I swear that you want to have a guy. You should really be mine. Really be mine, you should really be mine. You got me daydreaming. I'm thinking about your love, and it's a shame you may never know. Oh, 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 hello, I didn't see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another edition of Idea Lemons Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name, of course, is Rajiv Nathan, a.k.a. Raj Nation. I'm the Idea Lemon co-founder and your show's co-host. And as always, I'm alongside my co-founder and co-host, Mr. McFly, Martin McGovern. This is the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast, the show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions, the questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. In this episode, you hear that soothing melodic voice underneath mine right now? That is the voice of none other than Sam Trump. This dude is just one of the baddest ass musicians I know. Amazing vocalist, amazing trumpet player. He even plays the ukulele. He's doing it all. And this song underneath mine right now, I'm just caught up in. And we talked with Sam about the idea of excuses. We all make them, but why is that happening? So in this episode, our conversation answers the question, how do you live without excuses? Before we get started, I gotta send a quick reminder. If you are not already, join and become a member of our tribe over at idealemon.com. You just add your email into that box at the top of the screen. You'll never miss an episode of this show and learn all about discovering your inner awesome and just building a badass personal brand and doing dope things. All right, let's dive in now to our conversation with musician Sam Trump where we explore how do you live without excuses. Let's listen in. The first thing that comes to mind is that decision I made when I decided to leave full-time salary teaching job. I was teaching music um, at a charter school here in Chicago. And I left that job, that full benefits, full security, <laughs> for an opportunity to tour full-time with Sidewalk Chalk and not knowing how much money I would make from month to month. And I talked with my mentor at that time, and I told him what I was doing. I didn't say, hey, is this something that you think I should do? I was like, I, I had already made my mind up, and um, I was ask, actually asking for advice on how to break it to 
the school I was working for. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing that comes to mind is like that conversation I had with my mentor because she was like, you know, I support you anywhere you go. Just know that, you know, if you go full time music, you need to go all the way in. You know, you need to do this to the fullest. You need to not, you know, make excuses. You need to to live, eat, and breathe this lifestyle because it's gonna be a different, a new lifestyle for you. You know, and so that's the first thing that comes to mind. Did you enjoy teaching when you were teaching? I still teach. Okay. Uh, and yes, I love teaching. When I when I graduated high school, um, I had um, some opportunities to go to. Um, to a few schools where I would do music education, it was my first thing that I wanted to do. When I came to Columbia College four years later, uh, they didn't offer a music education degree. So um, I found a way to teach through the charter network without an education degree, uh, or certificate rather. Um, but throughout college and even in high school, and sometimes I, I taught private lessons, and that's okay. what I do now. I think it's interesting that I actually think it's harder to leave something when you're dissatisfied with the current thing than it is when you're satisfied with the current thing. So like if you like teaching, obviously it's still a tough decision to be like, am I going to go and mm-hmm. tour full time? But I think it's actually, I think it's a harder decision if you hate the current thing you're doing to leave for something that's uncertain because you're not rooted in like a stable emotion to begin with. Hmm. So to do something that's radically different than like, oh, I fucking hate this job, to, to go and shift into something that's like, I don't really know exactly what it's going to look like, but it sounds attractive. Personally, I think it is harder when you hate the current thing because you're not in a situation. Because, like, in your case, you're satisfied with teaching. It's like you're already in a happy place. You're like, all right, let me do something else that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your, your ability to make decisions from a positive aspect, I think, becomes easier when you are currently satisfied. But when you're dissatisfied... Hmm. You're more likely to make a negative decision, or you're more likely to make a decision it, out of it. I think it's easier to make a good decision when you're in a good Fair, place. A good I think it's mm. it's easier to make a bad decision when you're in a bad place. Um, but I needed to like really hate things in order to make changes in my life. That was yeah. I'm I'm kind of like in that same boat, and I understand like I I, I stuck with teaching, but I drastically changed what I was doing. Um, yeah, because I wasn't too happy with the job that I was at. And um, okay. the only thing, is, as far as teaching, man, like, you get so attached to the students, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was the main thing that was really tearing me apart, you know, is that I was going to have to leave these these young, I was teaching high school students, and uh, I was going to have to leave, leave these guys that I kind of gotten, you know. Yeah. Like like their big yeah. brother or, you know, like their uncle or something. I wouldn't say father, but, you know. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I felt that the decision wasn't that hard because I knew. Well, here here's the thing for me. Excuse me. When I'm unhappy, I have my sights on other things. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like the natural thing. You know, when you're unhappy, you're trying to look for um, other things that Radical that you. Change. Well, you you start shifting direction and shifting your sights. You know what I mean? To where you're looking for you're looking for something else. You know that that that, that makes you happier. I think. And uh, I think that's where I was at that time. Okay. I was looking for something else because I was in a job to where I was doing a lot of extra things that I didn't want to be doing. I just wanted to teach okay. and play. You know, I was having to do a lot of paperwork and I was having to talk to a lot of parents. You know, I was having to do a lot of um, just a lot of extra work that, that didn't, at the beginning on the surface of teaching, I didn't know came out with it, you know. 
And um, it took away all that extra time that I eventually had to put into it. It took away from me being able to just play. As an artist, you just want to, sometimes you just want to create and you want to perform and, you know, but if there's no time for it, <laughs> you kind of like, you know, you're just suffering. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're suffering. Yeah. Well, and that, that point's huge, right? If there's no time for it and, and this whole idea of not making excuses is, in most cases, there's always a way you can make time mm-hmm. if you get creative enough, right? Yeah, you make time for what you really want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the full-on version of mm-hmm. that thing, but you can find a way to make it come to fruition. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, we've been super focused on building our business this whole year. Mm-hmm. I haven't performed a show since last November. Mm-hmm. I haven't practiced music mm-hmm. since practicing for that show. Yeah. Quote, unquote, practice music. Because, like... You, all right, so maybe this is where you're going with it, but like what we basically had to do because you're not able to go perform phonetic, you just That's started rapping. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just started rapping for Ideal Lemon. That's true, yeah. So, like, you're not performing phonetic stuff, but you've written songs for CNC, you've written a rap recap for every single one of our modules. Yeah. And we yeah. just wrapped, and I'm learning how to beatbox now so that I can, like, help <laughs> yeah. give you some backup yeah. uh, when <laughs> nice. we're giving talks. And, like, this is the kind of stuff where it's like... Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Yeah, okay. You, right. fit it, like, you find ways to fit it in otherwise. Mm-hmm. And although it isn't the same as me going and playing a show at the Abbey mm-hmm. or an Elbow Room or something like that. Like in this U.S. show. Right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I got to make sure... Because, you know, I got to a point where I was like, man, it's been a while since I've really done this like full on and and been practicing with my band and all that stuff mm-hmm. I gotta make sure this doesn't cause it's like a muscle right if you just stop mm-hmm. doing it you're gonna not be as good at it so I gotta figure out some way to get this in and that's when we started with, with our the online class we created this year mm-hmm. every video ends with a rap recap mm-hmm. where I write a rap about the lecture material nice and then I started this uh, gratitude journal practice nice uh, I don't do it every day cause I'm just not that good with mm-hmm. it but whenever I do it, so the, the way I learned was you write three things that would make today amazing, three things I'm grateful for, and one positively affirming sentence about myself. But I turned one positively affirming sentence into, let me just take that out and instead write one dope couplet. Yeah. <laughs> and that turned, and it's like, I'll write it. Very rarely does it be, is it just one couplet. Most mm. times I'll start and I'll be like, all right, well, why don't I just write the third line and the fourth line yeah, and so forth. Yeah. And I'll have half a verse or a full verse. So nice. even with however much we have going on with our business, it's like I found a way to even just get it into some degree. Or mm. like, you know, now whenever we're doing presentations, it's like we're throwing a rap into it. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's a professional career event, we're going to steal the show and put a rap at the end of it. Thank God, because those things can be dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's up. And big ups to the gratitude thing, man. Because, um, like, um, you guys familiar with Wonderless? Like the oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 my my daily on Wonderless uh, is gratitude. You know what I mean? Like I just implemented that like two weeks ago, and it's like it's so important, man. Because if you start your day off with that, it kind of starts, you know, just on the right foot. You know what I'm saying? And um, so. I just wanted to say I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, that. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been doing gratitude practices for a while? Um, no, I mean, well, 
here and there, but I'm, I'm trying to do it more regularly. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's just a mindset thing. I'm just thinking about something that I'm grateful for. Um, I actually came up with, with this idea while in the shower yesterday um, of, like, um, gratitude haikus. Ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's been on my brain. And, like, when you mentioned it, I was like, uh, yeah, I think yeah. we're the same. Uh, I wanted to mention something as well as far as um, what you're talking about, how you're not doing your own shows, but... You know, you're you're implementing rapping into you know like your your day to day with what you guys are doing together as a partnership and also with it, whatever you're doing and, and like with with the writing you're doing for your um, your daily uh, yeah. devotional or whatever yeah. you want to call it. <laughs> um, because like the same thing for me is the teaching. Like I'm not teaching classrooms, but I'm teaching. Um, I have four students I teach on a weekly basis through private lessons and through the internet. You know, and like it's like sometimes you have to make small adjustments, and also it's not even like sometimes when you switch direction, directions, it's not like everything is shifting, but you're just changing this and you're changing this. And like I was talking with uh, Rico, I was talking with him about like how I don't know, like I, I wish I could paint a picture of, of this idea of like of this module spinning. And, I don't know, new layers are being revealed because there's, like, certain layers that are actually spinning on their own axis. Ah, okay. You know, kind of like how, uh, like, solar system or whatever, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, okay, gobstopper. Gobstopper, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, you know, you, sometimes you got to make a little shift where everything is not changing at the same ratio. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But there's certain things in your life where you got to put it to where you can find that perfect spot that's perfect for you as the individual. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's where I'm at now, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that that kind of opens up a window into the lives of entrepreneurs and creative people yeah. that people don't necessarily see, which is when you think of someone who has a nine to five day job, that's their job and mm-hmm. that's it right? Mm-hmm. Within that, they might work on lots of different projects within the company, but no one really cares about it because it's just like, okay, you're an account manager. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then when someone sees, you know, you play with Sidewalk Chalk, mm-hmm. their entire view of you is that that's all you do. Mm-hmm. Every day you wake up and it's Sidewalk Chalk yeah. all day, right? But that's never, well, not never, but that's for the most part not the case for anyone who's an entrepreneur or creative. You're constantly, like, I'm doing career coaching with the Muse, on top of Idea Lemon. It's part of Idea Lemon, but it's sort of separate. And mm-hmm. like, you know, you're teaching these students, mm-hmm. but you're also sidewalk chalk, but Plus your own shows. solo artists. Solo yeah. artists yeah. and like all these other things. And like, I think that's what's so cool is as I'm picturing this, this thing you've got, it's like, it is that solar system and certain things are going fast this month and then they'll slow down mm-hmm. and then the moon will speed up. Yeah, and right. And like, yeah. It's a messed up solar system. Hey. <laughs> some days, the tides, moon, some tides days are, the earth spins faster. Tides are constantly changing. <laughs> right. But to the creator, it's yeah. like, okay, I'm over here now. Yeah, okay, yeah. now I'm over here. And let's just yeah. toss a comet in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over at three o'clock now. I'm oh shit, the dinosaurs died. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and yeah, there, there's some people who, you know, don't even know I sing. You know, they just they just know that I just play trumpet. And um, I actually have three three of my own groups that I do a lot of stuff with that I sing. I have uh, an acoustic group called Acoustic Audi, where I play ukulele and sing. 
And uh, there's acoustic guitar, upright bass, percussion, flute, and bass clarinet. And it's a sextet that we uh, we do a lot of like soul, folk, jazz music, original and covers. I also have like a a jazz um, quintet where it's me and a saxophonist, bass, drums, and keys, and we do like straight ahead jazz music. And uh, then there's another group called the Soul Vortex, which is a group that I kind of use to be very improvisational in the moment, and uh, we mix in a lot of like soul, jazz, fusion stuff, and it kind of gets crazy, it gets soft, it gets hot, it gets cold, it gets wild, it gets real cool and smooth. Um, and yeah, so when we're not on, when Sidewalk Chalk is not on tour, we're back home, I'm working as a full-time musician as Sam Trump, the solo artist. And um, those are my wheels spinning in different ways. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that's the key. You're working yeah. as a full-time musician, and you're doing everything that it takes to become a musician. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, even the improv thing, like, I'm, I'm a full-time entrepreneur. The improv thing plays into that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a full-time comedic actor yeah. who does entrepreneurship. I'm a yeah. full-time entrepreneur mm-hmm. who does some comedic stuff, and, and it feeds into the podcast and, and the speeches and everything else that we do. Yeah. So, like, you kind of know where the sun is, mm-hmm. and then you've got all the things orbiting the sun. So you are the sun. <laughs> I saw <the> sun. <laughs> and it was me. It was me. The whole time. <laughs> I'm the baby from the Teletubbies. Sweet. Oh god. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think there's. Take any famous actor, celebrity, whatever musician. Mm-hmm. It's like there's the. The core thing you usually see mm-hmm. that you know them for, mm-hmm. and then you start to find out if you start to research them more, look into more what they do. Seven hundred other projects. Yeah, you start to find out. Mm-hmm. Like James Franco is on one of the recent Rolling Stone magazines co- magazine covers, mm-hmm. and the, the the headline is something like "The Manic Life of James Franco," and it's like sleepless nights, etc. And then you start reading the article, and it's about. Well, he acts, but he spends his nights writing screenplays, mm-hmm. and then he paints in his spare time, mm-hmm. and all this stuff is going on, and it's like, you don't think that when you see James Franco, but these are all the different parts that allow him to be creative, and, you know, he may not sell a painting, or hell, maybe he will, but he may not sell his paintings, but it's like, he needs that creative outlet to be better at screenwriting, and to be better at yeah. acting, and who knows, maybe something he draws in there inspires something he does in the other two. Well, and he was, so we just went to, uh, we both went to DePaul, and Mm -hmm. we went to the alumni university that they do once a year, Mm -hmm. and in the alumni university class I went to about, like, the future of storytelling. Well, let's get some context to what alumni university is. It's basically, like, the the alumni come back and get to experience a class that the students uh, are taking. Mm -hmm. And so I went to this one about storytelling and and how technology is changing it, and James Franco was in that presentation, because the guy was like... James Franco, the hardest working man in Hollywood, everyone views him as like the stoner who makes one or two movies a year, mm-hmm. but really, he's, uh, he's getting a master's at like some high prestigious college and like reading about reaction theory or something like that and like tweeting about that. He's mm-hmm. like, that's not at all the same James Franco that you see in the yeah, stoner movies, yeah. but like... The, the point being is, like, <laughs> we all think that we know people, but we're only getting these small windows yeah. into their lives. Everybody's reality is completely different. Even, like, I've had 
some uh, conversations about this recently, and like you have people say like, even right now, there's three different realities. Out yeah, right now, you know, like, and you think about that, and you're like, wow, four, four, with the microphone. The microphone has its own reality. Well, the people listening who oh. are in a future reality, but it's mm-hmm. happening right now. Wow. So since there's multiple people, <laughs> then there's millions of realities. <laughs> I do think that's interesting, though, right? Like, we can both look at, like, we can all look out the window, but we all will see mm-hmm. and perceive something well, different. Well, your peripheral vision is seeing something completely different yes, than mine. Yes, because you're looking at me, and you may get a certain feeling when you look at me. Yeah, a tingling feeling. Well, no, regardless, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see what you're seeing. I don't, right. you know, you may get a certain feeling when you, when I may get a certain feeling when I see you smile, you know what I'm saying? Or, like... Or when I when I look at you know it's it's weird yeah that's why so when we we teach a lot of workshops on personal branding yeah and in that one of the things we bring up is this idea that you cannot control what other people will think of you Mm -hmm. you can only focus on your own actions and do your best to have a positive influence on what others will think of you Hmm. like no matter how much let's say we talk about. I don't know. Let's say we get into a conversation about, I'm like, Trombone Shorty's the best musician in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, he's not. Um, what's his name? Um, Elvis Costello. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, Elvis Costello's the best musician in the world. Mm-hmm. And as, no matter how much I hit you with, no, Trombone Shorty is the best. Mm-hmm. I can't force you to think that. Mm-hmm. No matter, like, I can't jump inside your head and flip a switch and Sam's like, okay, you're right. He mm-hmm. is the best. Yeah. Yeah. So the best I can do is just come prepared with like my own reality situation. Like what facts do I have? Mm-hmm. What experiences can I draw towards to attempt to influence you in a certain way? Yeah. And your own self-awareness. I think being self-aware is one of the hardest things and one of the most important things. Like I crashed my longboard yesterday, so I've been walking around with like a dinosaur arm. <laughs> and so like my perception is everyone's staring at me with my dinosaur arm. But obviously no one gives a shit about my life. They're all consumed in their own thing. They're probably looking at their phones. Yeah, they're probably looking at their phones. <laughs> so I'm walking around all day with this, like, everyone's looking at my weird dinosaur arm, but, like, no one is. So I just have to be self-aware that, like, no one really cares about your life. Just your arm hurts. Cool. Move on with your day. And, like... You're to feel better. And yeah, exactly. And so, like, I think that that's just, like, a tiny microcosm of, like, this big idea. Yeah. You know what I've been, um... I'm interested to see what you think about the difference between what someone thinks of you and what somebody feels about you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I I read this quote by uh, Maya Angelou, and, and, you know, a lot of people were posting it when she passed, and it was about, like, um, you know, people never remember yeah. what you said, you know. Remember like this what you said? Of, yeah. Or what you did, did, but don't remember how you made them how feel. How you made them feel. Yeah. And, you know, like, and, and just hearing you think of, say about how people think about you, I'm wondering now in my head, like, what would be the difference, you know, between the two? You know, like, because I, I guess there's a, it's kind of a loaded question because there's different ways to kind of look at it. But I never really think about what people think of me. I just think about, you know, how, how am I making them feel in this moment? I think they are different things, but they're definitely connected, right? Yeah. If you make someone feel a certain way, then they'll think a certain thing about you. Mm-hmm. If you make someone think a certain thing, then they'll feel a certain way about you. Mm-hmm. But they can be different. They, they are different, I believe. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I was thinking, like, you can feel bad for someone and have mm-hmm. um, 
you know, compassion for someone, but you can still think that they are not a good person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you, you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. and those are kind he's of a like dick. Yeah, but I feel bad for him. He, yeah. he, he's, a, he's a dick, but deep down, I feel that he's just sad. Yeah, yeah he, he he needs love, or you know what yeah. I'm saying? Or he needs a hug. You know, I don't, I don't know. Well, and I also think it depends on who it is that you're hoping is, or who it is you think is thinking about you at the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, Steve Jobs to his ex-wife is very different than Steve Jobs to the wife he had when he died, which is mm-hmm. very different to the Steve Jobs who his employees saw, which is very different than the Steve Jobs that we all see. Yeah. And so, like, what, five or six movies have come out about him since his death, mm-hmm. and, like, each one takes a different tone of his life. It's like some make him look like an asshole, some mm-hmm. make him look like a brilliant scientist, some make him look like whatever. And it's like, what, what you make someone feel, I think, has more of an impact in your like, close surroundings. So like, if you make everyone around you feel like shit, you're just not going to have many people around you anymore. Mm-hmm. But It's good. Yeah, and, and, but like, that's, that's your close. So that's how you, you can only make people feel something if they've actually interacted with you or your music, or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, whereas what someone thinks about you is usually based off of um, facts that they've picked up along the way, yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think Idea Lemon and Martin and Raj are this way based off of, like, you know, the workshop they did. Um, versus I actually sat down and talked with them for an hour, and now this is how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I would like to add in opinions too, right? Yeah. And facts, because that plays a big role in what people think too. Well, and how do they feel about themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you're bringing up insecurities in the other person by mm-hmm. asking them questions they don't want to answer. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, just tell me why you want to go to law school. And the person will, like, run away. And, like, <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm sorry I made you... Or, like, I'll be quiet. <laughs> this is one that happened recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I stopped filling in the space of the silence with mm. words and then people are like you're being really pretentious and like an asshole or no what was it smug you're being really <laughs> smug and I was like I'm just not I don't have anything to say <laughs> like I'm not judging you that's yeah. like I, I'm sorry it's coming off that way because I'm just not saying anything but I don't have anything to just say. tell me why do you want to go to law school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else <laughs> yeah. Well, and also remember that to go back to that alumni university thing that DePaul did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other class that we were both in was called Sonic Storytelling, mm-hmm. and it was just about like audio-based documentaries, essentially like pod like podcasts mm-hmm. that are more like This American Lifestyle podcasts. It's pre-podcast, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the episodes they. They played like a 13-minute clip from, was it Radiolab? Yeah. So from a Radiolab episode about this guy went around asking people, you have you can pick one superpower. Do you pick flight or invisibility? Hmm. And it started off as this like joke, and people are like, well, I'd definitely be, be looking at chicks in the shower if I could have invisibility, <laughs> right? And then it, it slowly starts to creep more towards a person's own like insecurity and self-worth because they're like you know one girl's I can't remember what her quote was but she was saying something like well if you're choosing invisibility you must not 
think very highly of yourself. You have to begin something with. you want to hide. Yeah, I think mm. the, the narrator is like, "Do you have something to hide?" And then she pauses for like five seconds, and she's like, "I'd rather not answer that." Wow. And it's just interesting that, just to the insecurity point, right? Like these simple questions. Mm-hmm. If you actually give a pause <laughs> and make someone think about it, it does bring out more yeah. than just the surface level. And that's all. That's what our podcast is. It's like yeah. we'll start with like. The yeah. whole topic of this is about excuses, right? And now yeah. here we are talking about insecurities. <laughs> yeah. But that's the point. It's let's get beyond the surface level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but our excuses are rooted in our insecurities. Like, oh, yeah. what's the reason oh, yeah. that you're avoiding that answer? What's the reason that you're having this reaction to someone just because they haven't said anything in 10 seconds, mm-hmm. right? It's like you're filling the space with your assumptions and your thoughts and your insecurities and all that stuff which you'll then use as an excuse to feel a certain way or to react a certain way or to judge someone a certain way um, or to take action or not take action, Mm -hmm. right? It's like how many arguments or like you'll send a text to someone, right? And they won't respond right away. Mm -hmm. You will fill that space (laughs) with so many things like they don't want to respond to me because of this excuse or that excuse or I screwed up or they don't like me or that's whatever. Modern, that's modern dating. Yeah. Or modern, modern courtship, I should say. <laughs> and so that's a small example, but then you blow that up to being like, I really want to pursue this in life, but my excuse is, here's a thousand things that could go wrong <laughs> with pursuing this, and so I'm going to create a thousand excuses to just stay where I am because I don't want to make any of those come true. So I will... I will ditch all the dreams and aspirations because I don't want the fears to be the fears that come along with those. Man, I just thought it was so amazing about life is that you can come up with all these excuses on what you think could happen. But when you actually do things that, when you actually do, you realize that the things that actually happen are things that you would never think of. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like... Um, like, I'm a believer in God, and, like, I feel that, like, a lot of times you you have your own plan, and God has his own plan for you, and you you move, you know, you, you move based, if you move based on your own knowledge, you know, um, then you'll soon feel, realize that you don't know it all, and even that plan that you said that you were going to follow through with is not going to work out exactly the way you planned it out because there's something there's a there's a greater power that's that's adjusting or that's that's um conducting rather that's the word conducting um the situation you know there's more of our conversation with sam trump in just a moment but first let's pause for a second and talk about what makes a truly dope personal brand a truly dope personal brand is one that creates lifetime value So, for instance, let's take this podcast. Every time you tune in, that's us creating value for you. And in order for you to create value for people you care about, you've got to go from being just a spectator or a participant in things you enjoy to being a creator, to producing things that other people want and care about and look to you for your guidance and leadership. That's what a dope personal brand is about. And if that sounds appetizing to you, then we want you in the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. 
That's our 10-week online personal brand boot camp where you get lifetime membership to not only the course but our amazing growing community of rock stars. In fact, Claudia just posted in our group, I just want to give a quick thank you to Martin and Raj for the quality of this class. It has been great and motivating. My initial expectation was that it would help me work on my branding and figure out my why, but I got much more out of it. I love the positivity and support of this group. So if you want to work on your personal brand, if you want to build a truly dope personal brand and have a voice in your field with a following who loves you, go to www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com and apply to join our class. Again, www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Back now to our conversation with Sam Trump. And so that, that just popped in my head, though, like, we come up with all these crazy excuses because we know that that's a definite thing that could happen. That's a definite thing that could happen. But usually when we, when we like, those, those successful people, they just did it, and they just went for it. They didn't know what was going to happen, but it was, like, this random person they met that they didn't even know. I mean, how could you think about this yeah. person that you would meet two years from now? You can't, you know, that person who connected that. you or this, this place that you went into and you saw this flyer you know, and you call that number, and bam, you know, that, that was a game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so crazy. It's, there, you have to embrace uncertainty with any of that. Yeah. Right? Because you can map it out to the very, you know, to the T, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's probably not going to happen like that. And, and I think to this point of making excuses, we make excuses because the outcome is uncertain, mm-hmm. and we we think the potential negative scenarios are certain when they're just as uncertain as yeah, if the positive scenarios. If you're uncertain about whether or not you can accomplish a goal, you have to be just as uncertain about the bad things that could happen yeah. while pursuing that goal. And be okay with it. Yeah. yeah. And like, I think the reason people don't take action is because if I don't take action today, I'm certain that nothing will change. Then I won't fail. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's like I'm certain, like, I won't fail, but I also won't succeed, which I guess is kind of failure. I guess it's perception of failure, too. Mm. But it's also like, I know that by staying in my room today, tomorrow I'll still be in this room. Mm -hmm. Or like, I know by not asking that girl out, Mm -hmm. I won't ever hear that no or something like that. But Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, 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 Fear of failure more than because I think the ego is what's involved. And like, you ever heard the saying like, um, or the question, are you someone who loves to win or hate to lose? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like someone who loves to win is like, you know, um, they never win. You know, but we're without ego, we we always want to win, so we hate to lose. Mm. You know, so like, I think that the failure thing is like the main. What's your answer? Is it hate? If if I'm asking you that, do you love to win or hate to lose? Hate to lose. What's yours? I'm trying to understand the differences between them. So, I love to win means like I got the trophy and you didn't. That is that what we're saying? No, let's let's keep it on a personal level, not not necessarily like I won and you didn't, but like on on like an individual level, like so like. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. hated to lose. Mm-hmm. No matter what, they were going to find a way to win because they hated losing that much. Or like you win, and it's a difference between them like, yes, yes, I won, I won, I won, I won. Or like, okay, on to the next. 
So I'm definitely the type of person who is like, all right, I accomplished it. On to the next one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know which one that puts me in, but I'm assuming. Yeah, I think more so the hate to lose. Hate to lose. All yeah. Right, cool. I think of the, I think of like, you ever want, yeah, like you ever want something and you're like, cool. Yeah. You know, I think that's like the kind of like hate to lose. Like yeah. you, you rather, um, it's kind of like a norm, it's kind of like a normal thing. I don't know. I don't know. I think, okay, so as you're talking about this, I've always thought of myself as a, I like to win in person. Mm-hmm. Because I've only associated with, like, if I play pickup basketball, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm, like, more interested in getting good exercise than I am in, yeah. like, oh, I gotta, you know, and I'll, and I'll play with people who hate to lose to the point where they will right. call fouls that right. aren't actually fouls, and I hate playing with those people. Mm-hmm. So I've always been, like, a... Yeah, I enjoy winning, but mm-hmm. if I lose, it's like, well, whatever, I at least exercise, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I've associated myself with that question. But as you talked about it more there, what I'm thinking really is I suppose the things that really do matter, I mm-hmm. hate to lose because I will do whatever I have to to get at least a degree of mm-hmm. the outcome that I'm trying to get to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, that's interesting, man. So yeah. we did a... We had a product launch for our online course in March, like mm-hmm. for the next session of students to start, and like the sales cycle was closing. Yeah. And we weren't hitting our numbers for, and we ultimately, we, do, we didn't hit the numbers we had projected. We also projected too high of a number. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the last uh, like day or two, I was able to get, I think, two or three more sales. And I remember saying to you I was like never underestimate my ability to hustle to make a sale (laughs) and in that scenario and thinking back to that now I'm like yeah if I was just okay with winning I'd be like all right figure it out later but I was like no like we've got to salvage this in some way let's do what we can like I'm gonna do whatever I can but you also didn't lose right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) which which is kind of like it's kind of like yeah like what you said about um, the the working out thing from playing basketball, like man, that's a great. I mean, it's all about perspective, you know, and that's a great way to look at it because I, I guess it's that's also a loaded question as well because it's all dependent yeah. on. Yeah, it's right. so it's, that at. question is so interpretable. It's like because I'm sitting here and I'm going like I have I always think I have zero competitive bones in my body because mm-hmm. like if you put me in a pickup basketball game and someone gets in my face I'm just gonna walk away yeah. like if you put if, if if I'm sitting there and someone's like um, you know like I'm gonna get a better grade than you in this class or something right back in college mm-hmm. I'd be like cool good yeah, for good you, for you. Like, <laughs> I don't like I'm not gonna challenge you on this or anything mm-hmm. but then <laughs> if I set a goal for myself mm-hmm. I have to achieve that goal. Like I'm yeah. like, I'm like, if you don't, like, I'm, I'll get so it's it's all internal competition. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like yeah, and that's yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it it has to be internal because yeah, involving another another person just kind of gets it kind of gets a little more complicated when you're just comparing the competitive spirit. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think where I was going with that. I started... Well, well, like... <laughs> yeah, we got stuff on the walls. Yeah. But, like, just to think back to some examples of this, like, the real... The only times I get competitive with other people mm-hmm. 
is when we're both working toward the same goal mm-hmm. and we need to help each other. So like you and I, at the end of the month, like I'll, I'll get like, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? And like, you'll be like, I know I'm hustling. And like, mm-hmm. I remember back when I was in a band, it was like, why aren't we being focused with this? And like getting really competitive. I don't know if it's competitive, but really like, focused but almost think about Internal you may not associate with being competitive but think about as we've been figuring out over the last few weeks what is the long term direction of yeah. our company what do you spend your time doing you spend your time researching other companies yeah. you say we've got to pick a model that exists and emulate it Yeah. not and that, that's a competitive mindset there's people out there who have had success with this we need to emulate that to get to the next step see I don't look at it that way I look at it as we we have a goal that we want to get to. The only way to get to that is to know how other people have gotten there. Mm-hmm. I could care less yeah. if we beat Dale Carnegie Institute in any way, shape, or form, or if we uh, come even close to stealing the audience of the uh, of Seth Godin's Alt MBA. I could care less about their audiences and what they're doing, it, unless it helps us accomplish the goals that we set, like. We could be a hundred percent different from any of these companies, and that's why I'm not ever like I want to beat them. Yeah, I'm always like that's I want to learn from them and, mm-hmm. and and beat us. And that, so that's that still translate that's, to that's like competition a, still though, yeah. with yourself. Yeah, I yeah, still. and that's that's that kind of translates with like the whole personal like man against man. Like you can't do that because we're two different people. Just like those are two different companies that mm-hmm. you're talking about. So it all comes back. So I'm thinking like maybe we're both. Maybe that's maybe this can be like a dual. <laughs> Like, are you, are you a person who hates to win? or uh, I'm sorry, hates to lose or love to win? Maybe everybody's both, you know? Well, and because if, you, if you're a person who loves to lose, <laughs> meaning, <laughs> meaning you don't take action on shit, get out of my life. <laughs> but you, you, you were talking about you two were working, kind of working on the same goal, you know? Even if you lost, you still won because y'all both on the same team, you yeah. know, like... And even if you lost a game that's in basketball, solid. you still that's won solid. because you got your exercise. Like, yeah, that's like, and that's damn. that's a mindset thing. Right? Damn, because like, not everyone's like, gonna view it as that. That's yeah. just how. Because <laughs> a lot of people, and to take the basketball example, for a lot of people, they personally place more significance on that thing. Like maybe they spend more time. Like I play mm-hmm. when I'm when I have a schedule that allows it. I play once a week. Some people mm-hmm. play four times a week, mm-hmm. and to them, it means a lot more. Like, so, actually, if you take my first year out of college, I was playing four times a week. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I remember I did get to a point. I was still at, like, the, well, I got exercise, cool. But I remember getting to a point where I was coming enough, I got, like, uh, I got my skill level up enough to mm-hmm. where other people in the gym knew who I was when I walked in, and that felt great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, oh, Raj is here, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we want him on our team kind of thing, which is, like, you know, that's a that's a really hallowed place to be in and pick up basketball. Mm-hmm. And with that, it's like, all right, well, now, if there's expectations around me, now i got to make sure I'm doing everything I can to make us win. So I, st- I hold that status still in these people's minds. Hmm. And so I feel good myself. But at that time in my life, it was something I was doing all the time. So I just think my perception of it then, it meant more to me. But now mm-hmm. it's, it's purely an exercise thing. It's, well, it's no, now, you've, doing. now you've just transitioned that competition, that competitive bone to yoga. And it's all an internal competition with yourself of getting mm-hmm. better at yoga. 
And yeah. the validation you get is by being able to do a handstand and everyone else in the room who didn't get to do a handstand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's it's still there. It's just transitioning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really curious. So, like, when you're on stage, right, mm-hmm. like, everyone wants to play to their peak performance. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't want anyone in the band to fail, but you don't want to be the one in the band who's doing the worst, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I don't want to be the I don't want to be the person who brings the band down. So I got to perform up to the level of the band. Yeah. And so it's like you're afraid to fail in that case. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like you're kind of because you're afraid to fail, you're you're competing with the rest of the band in a way. Well, well I don't think because don't, you're look you're at like it. you're like I can't bring it down. So like you're competitive. It's an internal. It's collaborative. Well, yeah, it's collaborative guess, competitive. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess what you're saying, like what you're saying with like even the team, like you, when you're part of a team, it's um, you're all trying to do your best, and yeah, but your best is different from somebody else's best, um, and yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but perhaps you know, um, it's almost positive competition. Yeah, it's not like it's negative yeah. competition. and you know right? what? Because it's one of those like, you know, let's say Rico. Or Maggie does mm-hmm. something on stage, it's like, all right, maybe I'll get into it a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe you weren't planning to do like, you know, let's just say something. I'm just I'm someone jumps out in the crowd, you're gonna jump out. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just literally, it's like just staying on other people's levels mm-hmm. and knowing that's the level. I like that mm-hmm. staying on people's levels yeah. or or going up to someone else's level get when they raise level. it. Yeah. Get because if you're yeah and you're winning together if you both end up there if you don't go on their level then I don't know maybe maybe that's the you're trying not to lose so yeah. you're just trying to try to keep up yeah yeah well and, and I don't want to go too deep into the story but that's what happened on the road trip with uh, <laughs> with the night that I started swing dancing with someone at the bar <laughs> and then you're like he's gonna he's gonna have a great night no I'm gonna have a yeah. great night and then this dude gets up on stage with the band and like mm-hmm. does a Green Day cover yeah, and I like, started freestyling to a Green Day cover. Nice. Yeah, so like it's 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 competitive, but it's like everyone's night gets better because of it. Yeah. So the concept of that we all have this duality, or there's a dichotomy of like. Loving to win, hating to lose. Is that is that the basis or one of the basis sis, of um, living without excuses? You know what I'm saying? Like knowing that if you just go, you may fail, but you'll still win because through experience you still learn something. Even if you fail, you still learn something. So you still win, and you lo- even if you lose. Yeah. And if you win, you win. And I think there's two levels of excuses. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we've talked about in the past, which is there are excuses that stop you. Mm-hmm. And there are excuses that enable you to move forward. And excuses that enable you to move forward are positive excuses. So something like this, this podcast, is a positive excuse for us to give, a, to, to give us a reason to talk to someone like you. Mm-hmm. Like, if we just randomly texted you and we're like, hey, want to come out to coffee with the two of us and talk about things for an hour? Yeah. You'd be like, what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, like, that's a positive excuse that enables us to take action on the things that we want, the conversations we want to have, the mm-hmm. people we want to meet, 
the stuff that we want to put out in the yeah. world. Because I mean, now whenever we meet someone interesting, we'll just be like, we should have that person on the podcast. All right, let's do it. Yeah, you know, instead yeah. of that being the end of the interaction and being like, we should we should try to keep in touch with that yeah. person. Yeah, it's yeah. like if you don't have a podcast, I guess is the struggle. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, is what well, we used to. Everyone who graduates college, like the first few years out, they hang out with their own friends, and then everyone starts getting really busy with their lives, and then you're like, shit, what happened to all my friends, right? And there was this common theme that popped up all the time uh, when I would talk to people, and they'd be like. It's so hard making friends as an adult. Hmm. Like, this was a, a thing that I constantly hear in the media and everywhere. And it's like, is it hard to make friends as an adult? Or is that just the thing that you've chosen to believe to make you feel a little better about the fact that you're not putting yourself out there in a way to meet new and interesting people that you want to meet? And that's the negative experience. Laying down the hammer on that person. Or even yeah. the fact that you don't have friends. Just yeah. You, since you don't have friends, you think it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to make friends, or are you an asshole? <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. <laughs> but with that mindset, right? Like, some of my and your best friends have come from like age 24 to today, 27. Yeah. Right? You're still 27, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So... And that's all, quote-unquote, adult, post-educational life. Yeah. From having the positive excuses. Yeah. Right? Having the podcast, we get to talk to cool people. Having our business, we're constantly at other things. And kind of our nature is, let's get to really know people, not just... Mm-hmm. So tell me how you got into music, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seriously, we, tell me how you got into music. <laughs> we, we, get, we have better conversations with people, because mm-hmm. we know it's like, you know, I want to talk to that person to just oh, straight yeah. shoot with them. Mm-hmm. And actively practiced it for four years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's the difference between so in the I guess in the business world there's always this like I don't know, maybe you've experienced this as well in the more quote unquote creative world, but do you ever have instances where people say, Hey, I'd love to go to coffee and talk to you or pick your brain or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's been happening uh, a lot more recently. Um, but yeah, it's like an honor when someone says that um, to just to choose me to want to want to be in, in the same space as me and just talk. Yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of people won't make that ask because it's an potential impediment on the other person's life or an mm-hmm. intrusion. Mm-hmm. Which is something that holds you back then from doing it. Yeah. But then when yeah, you, that's a big thing. But then you create these excuses for yourself, mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm writing this blog post. Hey, I'm doing this podcast. Hey, whatever. I'm playing in a show. Yeah, I'm playing in a show. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, well, I have something I can bring to the table for that person mm-hmm. as well. It's not just me saying, let me drain your brain of all your knowledge for the next hour. Mm-hmm. Instead, let's create, create something together, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's like that, um, I think essentially you're saying like the whole asking for help. Mm-hmm. Because essentially if you're saying, if you're saying, can I pick your brain, you know, because you're not bringing something to the table, you're really asking for them to help you with whatever it is, you know, those questions that you may right. have because, you know, you know, you're working on a project or whatever. And yeah, that's, yeah. That's, you know, especially for artists. You know, you, you can't do it alone. I, I had this conversation with my with my girl last night, man, and um, like I I do a lot of 
Like I have, I have these three different bands I play with. I do all the booking, I do flyers, I do all the promotion, I do all my Facebook stuff. Um, everything Sam Trump you see, if you Google Sam Trump, is like ninety eight percent of it is all me. You know what I mean? For like the last, since like two thousand nine. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm getting to the point now to where like I need to have I need some help. I need to have a team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Of people who could like. Do stuff that are that are even better at doing those single jobs than I am at doing all of it together, you know, or even doing it as a single job. It's just better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we had this conversation, and I, and I felt convicted. I was like, I don't know why. Some like someone literally came to me and said, "Yo, I want to be your graphic designer," and he's dope. And I haven't hit him up once. Mm. You know, and I was like, why? You know, and so I think that's like that human nature thing, like, you know, wanting help, I'm not feeling, and and this is what I told her, she, and the question was why, and I think the thing was, is like, I, I guess I have some insecurities on my end to where like, when I say, okay, I need for this to happen, that I won't be able to follow through, or I might not have all the answers that, that to the questions that you may ask, you know, I'm coming up with all these excuses. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. <laughs> we can't have an intern because we don't know what we would have the intern do. Man, <laughs> like somebody is like, oh, I want to do your PR. And I'm just like, well, should I do my PR? I mean, it's like <laughs> I just do it on a whim every time. I don't even know what to tell you to do. Yeah. yeah. But then it's like, well, it, would that force you into action? And same with us. Would it force us to formalize Damn, and yeah, create I'm, systems I'm for some of the here. things we do? I'm calling us out here. We always say, "What would, like people go, are you guys going to be on Shark Tank someday because no one <laughs> under, understands entrepreneurship? And our answer is always, we, w- we don't even know what we would do with BC money. And th- <laughs> that is, that's actually just us saying, I don't want to think about what I would do with a million dollars. I don't want to have to sit down and actually think through what that means. Or well, I'm... Not worthy of it, or I'm not ready for it. Yeah, as well. In some ways, it can be that too. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Have you guys had like an opportunity to get an intern? An unpaid one. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, we're in the same boat, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we can get one tomorrow if we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we got connections with DePaul. Meanwhile, we're working <laughs> weekends because we're like, oh, I don't want to get this intern. <laughs> Man, because sometimes you get a business card, you get somebody who say, man, I think that you're great. Let's talk. You know, I want to build with you or whatever, you know, and you forget about that business card and you and that whole hype and excitement from that conversation on their end just kind of just died, you know, and even if you hit them up, like, this is a fear as well. Like, you think about them later on, you're like, oh, if I hit them up now, there's no... You know, there's no excitement now. Yeah. You know, they're going to be like, yeah. you know, what are you calling me for? I texted you a month later, right? Um, like, for, to do this podcast. Yeah. Like, we ran into each other at the Lincoln Hall show, which uh-huh. was February, maybe? Yeah. Right? And I texted you, like, last <laughs> week or two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And it was like, yo, you want to do that podcast? Yeah. <laughs> is there any type of, like, you know... Well, because I had sent you a text initially, like, right, probably the next morning, which you uh-huh. didn't reply to. Um. And... 
That's I nice. actually probably an older, a younger <laughs> version of me would have been like, oh, he, he doesn't want to talk. the next yeah. day. <laughs> no, but probably like a younger version of me would have been like, oh, he doesn't want to talk. Yeah, but I've just come to realize people miss things. People are busy, and, yeah. and it may have actually been one of those things where like you actually didn't have service at the time because it showed up as a different type of text message. Oh, okay. you know. Um, so I actually I just treat it like I never texted you in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's probably I don't a think really you, good way to go. Yeah. Thing. Well, and to that point, let me just say one Instead of being a dick, like, yo, I texted you um, <laughs> or last just, week. Or doing what time. I do and going, they hate me. I'm never texting them again. <laughs> to that, actually, one of the things I've done over the last few months, I, is, I think is super helpful. Um, I delete my text message conversations oh. like once, they're, once they've resolved themselves. Huh. I delete the conversation. It started with... That takes up a lot of phone storage space. Yeah. And I never had storage space. So I was like, it started with that. But then what I realized was I don't ever go into a text conversation with the emotions of the previous conversation that was had. So like anytime we talk, start. once like that, like back and forth is done, I delete it. That's really So next time I text you, I'm not thinking that was the last thing I texted you. The only ones I save is if there's like important information like directions or something that I need to keep. Start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna make interacting with women a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's good as well. That's really awesome. And then you, it's a win-win. Yeah. Because you're saving some space for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Gotta be on those apps. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be able to take photos. I've had too many instances where I'm at something and it's like. Or I'm at like WrestleMania weekend, which I was just at in Dallas, nice. and I'm like trying to take a video, and it's like not enough storage space. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get that 64 gig iPhone, <laughs> not the 16 that I'm running. That's what I got. So I can save everything you sent. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to touch on before we wrap up uh-huh. is so to go back to kind of towards the beginning of the conversation where you mentioned it's not just the music. Well, there's solo artists. There's being in sidewalk chalk mm-hmm. and then there's you do the PR you do the social media all this stuff right mm-hmm. and then you've also got the two other two or three other groups you mentioned mm-hmm. right um, one of the things I was thinking about over the weekend as I was thinking about our business and stuff that we teach people which is you know like currently we're helping people get jobs they wanted like jobs they love by showing them how to create something of their own mm-hmm. and be able to bring that to the table in the interview mm-hmm. and be like, it's not just my previous work history. Look at all this. Cool, look, at, look at the people I help in my spare time and all the value yeah, yeah. I create. Active right? personal branding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but when I was thinking about that and then coming off of doing the DePaul thing over the weekend, the alumni university thing, I was like, really what we're promoting is, so like when you're in high school, they're like, well, to get into college, you got to have a lot of extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in college, like to get a job, you have a lot of extracurricular activities. But then once you get the job, they stop saying you need extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're bringing back into people's lives is an extracurricular lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Ah. And that's that really is like that's what the creative process is about. It's like mm-hmm. you have the core, but you've got to have the quote unquote extracurriculars around it. To allow them to allow the module to allow the ball to spin in one way and the the parts of it spin the other way. The I am the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I may have hit on something with that thought. I just like so that you know, thought. Right. the idea of an extracurricular lifestyle. Yeah. Which is probably why I can't like stop doing things even when we're doing like, you know, like we've got this which takes up 
like 95% of our time. Mm-hmm. I still go to yoga every day. I, I managed to make time for it. But I, I'm doing teacher training this summer mm-hmm. so I can teach yoga. I've got the wrapping thing going on the side. And then I also launched last week or recently uh, online wrestling league. Like hmm. I'm super into WWE and I've mm-hmm. launched my own like wrestling league. It's kind of like what um, fantasy is or something? In a way, no. It's more like... You like create your own character, oh, okay. and then you like call someone out through a message board. And then <laughs> I write a script based off of what's being said. Wow! And you know, I, and I had one of my one of my good friends, uh, Thomas, who's been on our podcast before, um, who's super into wrestling too. He was yeah. like, "Man, it's so cool you're starting. Like, He's gonna get involved." Mm-hmm. It's like it's so cool you're starting this. I wish I had the time to do it. And I was like, honestly, I don't know if I do, but I'm gonna figure out how I can make the time. Yeah. And that I'm saying this because it's like. I think I have this constant drive to not only have a main thing, but always have something else going to be fulfilled creatively. Yeah. Well, and that's where I'm kind of curious, because, like, so you've got three bands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your solo stuff and your teaching, right? Mm-hmm. But with each one, it's very, like, the overarching thing is professional musician. Mm-hmm. And then with each one, they're highly specific, mm-hmm. and like you do the stuff that that band needs to do, mm-hmm. right? And so like the the more jazz band, right? Like that's gonna that has a very specific sound. You're not gonna come in and do something from Sidewalk Shock in that right. in that place, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I think that there needs to be at some point the want to do a lot of extracurricular things. And then actually siloing each extracurricular and being very, very specific mm-hmm. with what the execution is mm-hmm. and the output is. So I'm kind of curious yeah. your thoughts around that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think first, initially, initially it comes from like a, a place of having to define what it is, you know. Um, and... I think part of it as well is just the satisfaction of being an artist and being um, in a being someone who gets bored easily, you know. So like having it being like very specific things um, makes it like a new thing, almost, you know. Um, like I'll have a run of me playing a lot of shows with the acoustic group, and then I like I recently had a, the last time the, the jazz quintet played was at the jazz showcase. And that was like a big deal, you know, the jazz showcase is like, you know, um, the longest standing jazz venue in Chicago. And so, I, you know, for that show, I had to put put together all these, you know, new songs. I had to practice, you know, differently. Um, I had to learn, you know, different things. I'm, I'm working with a new group of people, you know. So, like, um, having those different focus areas, you know, or, or different, um, different topics, to, to work on, I, I think, is, is what keeps me sane, yeah. you know, amongst all of the the hustle and bustle. Um, I, and I agree that it has to be specific, otherwise it just bleeds all together. Like, I, I actually had four different types of groups, but I was like, these two are pretty much the same, so I actually right. made it into one, um, which is like the soul vortex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. It's each, you're not going into each of these different creative what do you want to call them? Channels, mm-hmm. different things. You have different extracurriculars. <laughs> You're not going into each one of these being like, all right, so what is this supposed to be? What are we playing? Like, let's just pick something today and mm-hmm. run with it. It's like, no, this is my jazz group. This is my solo career. This is my hip hop, funk, mm-hmm. blues band. 
Yeah. This is the type of thing I'm teaching. Like, do you teach specific type of music? I teach piano and vocals, and I teach trumpet. So it's like, all right, I'm teaching these three yeah. things. You're not like going into that being like, you're not signing up as a teacher being like, what do I want to teach today? Yeah, what, yeah. what can these kids learn? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, I, and actually, I watched a video from Gary Vaynerchuk uh, that he made a few months back when he was like right on the verge of blowing up on Snapchat and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And he says in the video, he goes, this is the first day that will completely change the trajectory of my personal brand business and when Hmm. people look at him they're like oh he like does that on like that's part of his main business and he goes no 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 this is my personal brand business this is my company they bleed together because it's my life but they're separate things Mm -hmm. so like my personal brand business involves my company because that's where i am every day but he sees that as its own separate business layered on top of his core business, which is being an agency, a social agency. Yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before we wrap up, uh, Sam, let our listeners know where they can find you, uh, what you're working on. Um, yeah. Well, I'm on all social media. Um, Facebook, at Sam Trump. Um, like my page. I got a personal page as well. Um, Instagram, Twitter. Tumblr, everything is at Sam Trump. Sam Trump. Um, and please go to my website. My website is samtrumponline.com. Um, I designed it myself. <laughs> I'm very proud That's of right. it, and I think, uh, I think you would like it. Uh, it has a lot of stuff on there. And, um, yeah, I have, I have a lot of shows coming up in Chicago. I have a show tonight I'm performing uh, for So Far Sound Chicago. Um, and I'll be at Soho House next Monday. I'll be at the California Clipper on the 29th. I'm there once a month on the weekends. Um, and yeah, just um, if you're listening to this and you like what you heard, please follow me on social media and let's uh, let's interact with each other. <laughs> Come to him with a positive excuse. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the way we wrap this up is we go one by one based on what we've discussed, we give our answer to the question. Mm-hmm. We'll start with Martin, and we'll close with you. So, Martin, how do you live without excuses? Um, so there was something you said at the beginning that we didn't get to come back to, but I, it's been in my head the whole time, where you walked into your mentor's office, and you said, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. You didn't walk in saying... What should I do, right? Mm-hmm. You walked in with some sort of decision mm-hmm. and then asked for help with that decision. And I think that that's a really important thing to think about as you're thinking about excuses. Like the, the biggest excuse we have or the biggest thing that we do with excuses is procrastinate coming to any sort of decision. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing you have to do, whether you're trying to get rid of a negative excuse that keeps you from doing anything or take action on a positive excuse that gets you moving forward on something is to actually just make some sort of decision mm-hmm. and then iterate after that. So with this podcast, like we argued over the name for like a month or something. And then finally we're just like, screw it. We're just recording the first damn episode. And then if we have to change it in the future, we will. Mm-hmm. And we ended up not ever changing it, but the idea being, if we stayed in the 
what should we be doing mm-hmm. section for any longer it would have like gotten to the point where we're like fine we're not going to do this yeah. and so just taking making some sort of decision even if it's wrong my answer how do you live without excuses is simple you embrace uncertainty once you do that you will become far more comfortable with making those decisions. Are you certain about that answer? Yes. <laughs> nice. Sam, how do you live without excuses? Man, an epiphany I had like 70% through where I was like, just go for it. Don't be afraid of failure because even if you fail, you still win. You still win. So making an excuse not to do it, just losing. <laughs> all around. <laughs> and we all know everyone inherently hates to lose. So yeah. <laughs> Inherently. Right. We hate losers. <laughs> Sam Trump, thank you for joining us. Man, my, my pleasure and honor. Man. Thank you for having me. It's fun. No excuses. That was our episode with Sam Trump. Sam, thank you so much for joining us and exploring just a lot of deep philosophical things that came out of that question, which started with excuses, but then that whole hate to lose, love to win thing, I think that threw us all for a loop in a really good way, and we're all better for having explored that conversation. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes and subscribing to this show on whatever app you are listening to us on. Ratings and reviews help more people find the show. The more the people find the show, the more we can all discover our inner awesomes. Plural? Awesomes? <laughs> anyway, to find full show notes and the references and where to contact Sam Trump, you can get them all at idealemon.com. That'll do it for this one. Thank you again to Sam Trump for joining us. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Nathan. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We're playing you out here with Sam Trump's song, Daydreaming, which you can get on iTunes and Spotify. Until next time, we will see you. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today. Girl, you're the reason why I daydream You're a very special lady